Can you find a missing secret agent in Korea? One day you come home from school and find two CIA agents waiting for you. They want you to go to Korea to pose as a student of Taekwondo. Your mission as an undercover agent will be to locate your friend Ling, the girl who taught you Kung Fu in China last year. She's one of the CIA's top agents in the Far East, and she's missing. It's an assignment you can't refuse. If you decide to go directly to Korea when your summer vacation begins, turn to page 57. If you'd rather begin with two weeks of special training in Maryland, turn to page 103. But be careful, you are surrounded by enemies, some even masquerading as friends. You might find your friend Ling and solve an international mystery. Or you may fall victim to a madman and his plot to take over the world. What happens next in the story? It all depends on the choices you make. How does the story end? Only you can find out. And the best part is that you can keep reading and rereading until you've had not one, but many incredibly daring experiences. You're the star, 19 exciting endings. Choose your own adventure book 102, Master of Taekwondo, by Richard Brightfield, illustrated by Frank Bowl. Welcome to Incredibly Daring, a podcast where we read vintage choose-your-own-adventure books to each other and make generally poor decisions. I'm Connie. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jason. Did, did we have this a sequel? Yeah. Yes. It's a, we had another master of book. And I don't remember which one. Yeah. Again, obviously. Was it Kung Fu? It might have been Kung Fu. It might be listed on, on here somewhere. It would be, yeah, Kung Fu. Okay. I don't remember anything about Ling. I don't even remember the Master of Kung Fu book, to be honest. Is that the one where we like sent her to her grandma's and then we had to deal with that like break-in intruder guy and then we went to try to find There's her? There's a ghost then... museum something, museum. I mean, there's so the... many Kung Fu books. Yeah. Well, because we're, we're mixing up two things here. Mm-hmm. There's the ninja books. Yeah, that and then was there's a ninja the, book. And then there's the Master of books. Mm-hmm. The ninja books are written by Jay Liebold. Okay, I'm thinking of the Ninja book. Yeah, the Master of Books are written by Richard Brightfield. So the Ninja ones are the ones that have Nada in them. Oh, Uh, yeah. I'm mixing up Nada with Ling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think the the Master of Book is the one I'm almost positive had Billy, the Winter Soldier. But Mm -hmm. I don't remember remember a Mm -hmm. Ling in that book. I don't remember her either. So... That's why I'm wondering if she's one of those ones we like very briefly interacted with and then she went elsewhere i mean it doesn't sound like she's in this one much either also like we have to find her she's not with us from the beginning anyway so that's funny that we're posing as taekwondo because i'm sure that i'm sure that those two disciplines are probably different enough that someone would be able to be like that's not taekwondo yeah did we have a master of karate book because I think Billy was the karate dude. Oh wait, no, we did. It. We took a kung fu tour. So yeah, it was Master of Kung Fu. Yes, and he was like the baddie, like the yeah. the main baddie. Yeah, but he fucking like just went off on the plane about oh, kung yeah, fu. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that so, one. So yeah, so I don't I, remember Ling in that. One I don't either. remember Ling at all. So Ling may have been like an alternate route that we didn't take. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, I remember that one. Hopefully Billy will show back up. Yeah, fingers crossed. In his Bermuda shorts. <laughs> Warning. Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures that you may have when you are sent to Korea to study Taekwondo and locate your missing friend. From time to time, as you read along, you will be asked to make a choice. Your choice may lead to success or disaster. 
The adventures you have are the results of your choices. You are responsible because you choose. After you make a choice, follow the instructions to see what happens to you next. Think carefully before you make a decision. In your last adventure, Master of Kung Fu, you went to China on a Kung Fu tour. Now in Korea, you may face many new and unexpected adventures. Even if you become a master of Taekwondo and succeed in finding your friend, you may discover that the goal of your mission is no longer the same. Good luck. So I wonder if Ling's going to be another winter soldier. I wonder if we only met Ling because, like in the last book, if we got the best possible ending, then we made a new friend. Yeah. The best possible ending is that we made another friend so we don't have to hang out with Billy anymore. <laughs> and then she helped us beat Billy's ass. <laughs> the school bus rumbles down the street. With safety lights flashing, it comes to a stop at the corner near your house. You jump off and start up the block. As you get closer to your house, you notice a large, official-looking car parked out front. Two men in dark business suits are standing next to it. One of them sees you coming and nudges the smaller man next to him with his elbow. They start towards you. At the same moment, your mother comes running out the front door. They want <laughs> They want to ask you some questions, she calls over, but come into the house first. You make a wide detour around the car and run up the steps to the front porch. Whoever these men are, you think, they look like bad news. Inside the house, your mother sits down on the edge of the sofa looking nervous. The two men stand by the window. From time to time, the shorter one peers outside as if he expects someone else to arrive. For starters, the tall man says, flipping open a wallet and showing his ID. Let me introduce myself. My name is Jake McKenna, and this is my associate Arnold Borkin. We're from the CIA, the Central Intelligence Agency. I'm sure you've heard of our organization. Sam, no. Sam and Dean? Yes, there's Sam and Dean. <laughs> Yep. Arnold Borkin is kind of a Sam and Dean CIA name. Mr. Borkin. Paging Mr. Borkin. Mm -hmm. We know about your... Yeah, does your mom know about your trip to China last year? Yes. We had to convince them to let us go, oh, even though right. we hadn't studied Kung Fu at all. That's right. Permission slips or something were signed. Mm -hmm. We know about your trip to China last year and your interest in the martial arts. Borkin continues with a broad smile that looks a bit forced. We have an offer for you. We've been looking for someone to go to Korea and act as an undercover agent. Someone who won't arouse suspicion. That's Sam. An agent? What am I supposed to do, you ask, surprised? Well, for one thing, you'll be studying Taekwondo, the Korean form of martial arts, partially as a cover. And while you're there, we want you to keep an eye out for this woman. Borkin takes out a small photograph from his inside pocket and hands it to you. You look at the picture and almost jump. It's a picture of Ling. Chinese girl who taught you Kung Fu when you were in China last year. Is she a girl or a woman? Both. Both. <laughs> I know her, you exclaim. She's... We know, Borkin interrupts. She's also one of our top agents in the Far East. Or was, says McKenna. We don't know if she's still alive. If people are being killed, I certainly don't think you should go, your mother interrupts. <laughs> think of it as a vital mission for your country, Borkin says. Oh, calm down, Mom. God. And besides, you owe it to Ling. I will say. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Guilt trip. What, was she, did she take our virginity? <laughs> oh, was that the one where we had that camera? We had kept 
focused on the camera and we were like stuck in the camera shop. Yeah, yeah. we never met Ling. No. The, th the guy that taught us Kung Fu in that one turned out to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who sent us after Billy. Yeah. And Billy was like, no, he's the bad guy. Yeah. So we never met Ling. No. And it was an old lady who ran a motel that took our virginity. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forgot about her. I still say your mother starts. There's no danger, or very little, McKenna interrupts. And it's something of supreme importance to national security. What do I do if I find Ling, you ask? Borkin hands you a set of instructions. Number one, when you reach Seoul, enroll in a Taekwondo school of your choice. Number two, keep a lookout for any information concerning the whereabouts of Ling. Number three, if Ling is located, immediately activate the miniature transmitter hidden in your wristwatch by pulling the time setting knob free from the watch. This will send the proper signal. Number four, do not use the transmitter for any other purpose. Don't try to wind your watch. Burn these instructions as soon as you have them memorized, Borkin says. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you have to decide if you want to go directly to Korea when your summer vacation starts, or if you want to get in two weeks of special training and undercover work at our camp in Maryland first. Woo, exotic Maryland. <laughs> I haven't even said I'll go, you point out to the two agents. But deep down, you've already decided that you wouldn't miss this for anything. If you decide to go directly to Korea, turn to page 57. If you want to marry Suet and skip the training montage, turn to page 57. If you decide to go to the training camp first, turn to page 103. I want to go to the training camp. Do you? I do. I don't really have a strong opinion either way, so I'll uh, I'll lean into the training camp. Montage, training camp. I want to go learn how to do spy montage. shit. Okay. Before I learn how to do taekwondo shit. Sports training montage. Maybe I'd better... America! <laughs> Fuck yeah! Maybe I'd better get some kind of training in before I go back to the Orient, you say. A wise decision, McKenna says. Here is a rail pass. Exactly a week after your school term ends and your summer vacation begins, take the train to Springview, Maryland. You'll be met at the station and driven to the camp. Your mother watches through the window as McKenna and Borkin walk across the lawn and get into their car. After the agents have driven away, the two of you have an argument. At least I can take the training, you tell your mother. It'll be just like going to summer camp. And if I don't like it, I can just quit. Sure, that's how that works. It'll be just like going to conversion therapy camp. <laughs> Your brother is not totally convinced, but with persistence, you win the argument. After school closes, you pack your bag and take the train to Maryland. I love the fact that it's even an argument. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to Springview, you get off the train and wait. An hour later, a jeep skids to a stop next to the platform. A man in plain fatigues without any insignia leans out the window and calls over. Hey kid, what's your name? You tell him. I'm here to get you, he says, reaching over and opening the door on the right side of the jeep. Do you have candy? <laughs> Jump in. The name is McPhee. General McPhee. McFeely. McFeely touchy. <laughs> he says, putting the jeep into gear and speeding out of the station. General? You're a general, you ask? And why are they sending a general to pick us yeah. up? Like, generals do not go no. pick people up. In plain fatigues. Mm -hmm. McPhee drives with one hand and pulls a military hat out from under the seat. It has two stars on it. I only wear this on ceremonial occasions, he says. He's a baby general. <laughs> out of the camp, we're very informal. Nobody worries about rank. It's not like being in the army or anything. 
that doesn't no i don't think what branch of the military are you in 20 minutes later you are rolling through a heavily wooded area it's not far now general mcphee says oh and before we get there you have to decide whether you want night training or day training (laughs) what's the difference you ask well for one thing with night training you're not going to see daylight for a couple of weeks we train you to live in the dark, operate in the dark, and fight in the dark. I was born in the dark. I am the dark. I am the night. Day training is somewhat more conventional. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I have to decide right away, you ask? Yes, I know. I'm not giving you much time, he says. Right now, in the car, while we're driving, tell me no! <laughs> As the jeep turns onto an unmarked road that winds through a thick woods... You come out at the edge of a field around which are several barn-like structures and a building that is clearly a barracks. Have you decided, General Lafigue asks? Night training certainly sounds like fun, you speculate. At the very least, it would be exciting. On the other hand, it might be less riskier to pick day training. You don't want to get involved in something you'll regret. If you pick night training, turn to page 111. If you pick day training, turn to page 108. Speaking to a group of... Night one shifters. formal night shifter and two current night shifters. Gonna guess we're going nights. <laughs> I, I full on was gonna go nights. Here's the thing. Okay. We're 12 years old. So night training is getting to stay up late training. Oh, yeah. 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 Again, more reasons to pick nighttime. Mm-hmm. Nighttime is the right time. Nighttime's the right time. To fight time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Night training. <laughs> we live in the dark. <laughs> that was bad. I guess I'll pick night training, you say? It sounds yes. exciting. Maybe. I'm not really next, committed to this bitch. do that for the next 10 to 15 years of my life. All right, then. I'll turn you over to Sergeant Dawson. Oh, that's right. The nighttime people are probably chiller. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sergeant's not as bad at night. Less drama. Mm-hmm. I'll turn you over to Sergeant Dawson as soon as it gets dark, that is. He's sleeping right now. Until then, we'll put you in sensory deprivation, McPhee oh, says. Yay. <laughs> what is that? You ask, sounding more than a little worried. Take this tab of acid and hop into this float tank. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if that's how you had to convert to night shift? I can. <laughs> <laughs> It's something you'll have to get used to at night. Basically, it means sitting in the dark without sounds or other stimuli. Yeah, that's night shift for you. Like sleeping, you ask? Definitely not. If you fall asleep, you're in serious trouble. It's exactly like sleeping, except you're wide awake the whole time. (laughs) Even though nothing is happening, you have to remain fully alert. The Jeep. Yep. The Jeep stops in front of one of the plain wooden buildings. A man comes out. Here is a new recruit for night training, McPhee tells him. Put him in isolation until tonight, then Sergeant Dawson will take over. You get out of the Jeep, and McPhee drives off to another part of the compound. The new man then leads you into a wooden building. Inside here is a chamber completely enclosed by a wall several feet thick. It is made of sound-absorbing insulation. Scream all you want. Mm-hmm. He says, opening the door to the dark inner chamber. Scream all you want, he says. <laughs> <laughs> there is a chair in the center. Sit there, but don't get too relaxed. He goes out and closes the door behind him, plunging you into total darkness. This book is horrible for setting up kids for later night shift work. It seems like if they're going to prepare you for night training, that they would want you to go to sleep right now. Yeah. 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 Not, Not stay awake in sens- sensory deprivation 
until yeah. night. Yeah, night shift doesn't mean being like ex. I mean, it does sort of mean being exhausted, but not really. Right. Yeah, I, I do feel <laughs> like the acid uh, is being left out of this on purpose. <laughs> Richard Brightfield has never worked a night shift, <laughs> but he's probably done acid. <laughs> it's so quiet that soon you begin to hear the blood rushing through the veins in your head. It sounds like a waterfall heard from a distance. Yep, he's done acid. You sit there trying to stay alert, but it's not easy. You begin to feel very alone. You wish you'd never gotten yourself involved in this whole thing. Finally, you hear the door open and footsteps coming into the room. I'm Sergeant Dawson, a voice says in the darkness. In the next two weeks, you will become a nocturnal animal, able to see in the dimmest light, able to hear the faintest sound. Possibly possum. Yep. He is right. For two weeks, you live in total darkness and go on night maneuvers in the woods with others in the same program. You all wear black costumes like ninja and learn to move soundlessly and invisibly through the night. Mm -hmm. After two weeks, you finish your training. You have been assigned to track down a Chinese woman named Ling, General McPhee says. Yeah, I already know that check, yes. You have the advantage of knowing her personally. Right now, we have possible sightings in Singapore and Macau. Where would you like to look? Without any more information, either choice seems as good as the other. You don't, however, have the luxury of time. You have to make a decision right now. If you decide to go to Singapore, cleanest country in the world, turn to page 115. If you decide to go to Macau, the one that has the cool casino, turn to page 118. I'm glad you know this shit, because I don't know anything about either one. I like Singapore. I really want to go to Singapore. Me too. All right, I'll go with that. I was, I mean... It's the more familiar of the names, too. Sure, but the other one has a pretty cool casino, apparently. That feels a little more James Bondish. That's where that... There's a James Bond scene where they filmed it there. Ah. Okay, so Singapore? Singapore. Singapore sounds good, you say. How fucking Probably. ghetto is this operation, by the way? <laughs> yeah. She might have been in Singapore, Spider Man Macau. Choose one. Just pick one. Shouldn't there be two people then searching for her? No. Singapore sounds good, you say. Maybe Billy. Mm. The other one. Mm. All ring for your <laughs> flight, Singapore International Airport, right away, McPhee says. Before you leave, you will be given special dark glasses that will protect your eyes during the day. Because you're a night shifter now. Fuck? Like, like a vampire. Sunglasses, kind of? <laughs> your cover will be that you are blind. Hoping Just... for a miraculous cure at the Buddhist <laughs> shrine on Bilal. Wait, did we get acting training while we were there, too? <laughs> yes. It's part of our night training. Rich- Richard Brightfield has... It's in the name. He's, He's been never worked night Richard shift. Brightfield mm-hmm. has never yeah. been up past 8 p.m. <laughs> in his no. entire life. No, and probably even less, especially with like winter solstice and stuff. He probably went to bed at like 6 p.m. <laughs> or something. Your cover will be that you are blind, hoping for a miraculous cure at the Buddhist shrine on Balao, oh, a small island near the much larger island of Singapore itself. You couldn't just wear sunglasses and just be a fucking tourist or something. Yeah, why does that need to be our cover? Once there, your local CIA contact will meet you at the shrine. You land at the airport a day later. You are assisted through customs, and a cab takes you to a small motorboat ferry on the waterfront for your trip to the island of Balao. Halfway there, you are grabbed from behind. With your dark glasses on, you can't see by whom. Why? (laughs) Your night training means nothing. (laughs) What? How does he think dark glasses work? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you think that you've been trained for this. I don't think he's ever worn sunglasses in his life either. That's kind of my... 
That's what I'm getting out of this. Whoever they are, they yank your money and passport from your pockets and push you overboard. Oh. Wow. (laughs) As you tread water, you watch the boat speed away. Fortunately, there is a small island nearby. You swim ashore and walk up the broad, sparkling white beach to a village. The people there are friendly and don't mind that you have no money or identification, even that you don't speak their language. Or day vision. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking day vision. The beach turns out to be great for surfing. You decide to wait for a while before you inform the CAA where you are. The end. (laughs) What? See, the problem with that mission was that they sent you out during the daytime. Did the, wait, did that all stem from choosing Singapore? Yes. So Singapore is just a flat out dead end. Apparently. At least night shift. Night shift Singapore is a dead end anyway. Well, we don't even know if there's a day shift Singapore. No, but there could be. But this whole wearing the glasses, pretending to be blind, that's all night shift fucking op stuff. <laughs> so that's ridiculous. So we could go be day shift. <sighs> Day, day normals. Or we can, or or go, we can to go to Macau. Macau, to where Macau. the casino is, where the nightlife is. Yeah, let's go to Macau. Okay. Yeah, it's where the night... I didn't even know why I didn't think of that. Yeah, it's where the nightlife is. That would have been a good argument if you would have come up with that earlier. I remember Macau. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Macau, you say. I was there when I was in China. It might be interesting. I don't remember being there in China. No, well, so we didn't leave that one city, I don't think. China City. Yeah. That's what it was called. <laughs> a special plane with a dark room will fly you to Hong Kong. Once oh, my fucking. <laughs> once there, at night, of course. So we can develop our photos. <laughs> once... <laughs> once there, at night, of course, you will be transferred to a small seaplane and put down on the South China Sea off the coast of Macau, McPhee says. The main headquarters of the Red Dragon Society is in an old Portuguese villa on a high bluff overlooking the sea. We have reason to believe that Ling might be staying there. An hour after sunset the following day, you are on a rubber raft close to the beach of off Macau. Also, we just got way better intel from this mission than we did from the last one. Yeah. So. Right, well, because the last one was a fucking dead end. Yeah. The lights of the villa are at the top of a high cliff directly ahead. In which some random person just throws off a boat. <laughs> yeah, you're training at nothing. <laughs> you beach the raft next to some large rocks and start climbing upward. You have no trouble finding your way. You can now see in almost total darkness. Just before you get to the top of the cliff, all the lights in the villa go out. At the top, you flint yourself against the building and work your way toward a dark window. You are peering through when the lights come back on. You are blinded forever. The end. <laughs> the burst of light temporarily blinds you. You've been in darkness for so long. Mm. An ordinary light bulb now seems as bright as the sun. Fuck you! <laughs> Before your eyes can adjust to the light, several hands grab you and heave you back over the cliff. You still can't see anything during the long fall, nor do you feel anything when you finally hit the rocks at the bottom. Oh the my end. god, fuck you so much, Richard Brightfield. Night shift is not for you! Oh, for Christ's sake. (laughs) What is this book? (laughs) So I guess the other, the options are. I think think he's just trying to night shift shame us. All right. No, he got partway into it and realized, I don't know any fucking thing about (laughs) night shift. I don't even understand the concept. (laughs) So I'm going to make up a whole bunch of shit. So we can day train or we can just skip training camp to uh, Skip it. Skip the fucking, fuck the training. That's what I say. I'm done with the training. Fuck Let's the skip the training. I'd rather go directly to Korea, you tell the agents. 
Okay, McKenna says, in a week or so, a small package will be dropped off here. It will contain everything you'll need. The two men leave. Your mother watches them through the front window as they cross the lawn and get into their car. The next day at school, you find your friend Billy Baxter and tell him about the two men. Billy throws you off the porch. (laughs) (laughs) And you die. (laughs) Oh, Billy got deprogrammed. Yeah. They came to see me too, Billy says, but I'm through with the martial arts. I still have nightmares about what happened to us in China. My interest now is computers, and only computers. If I were you, I wouldn't have anything to do with those men. But Ling may be in trouble, you say. If it hadn't been for her, we'd never have gotten home. Sure. All right, go then, but be careful, and send me a postcard. A week later, a package is waiting for you when you get home from school. Feels like that would have been the perfect time to have Billy be like your computer guy back yeah, in the States. Let's who... take him with you. It contains plane tickets, round trip to the Korean capital Seoul, a list of Korean expressions, the signal wristwatch, and a packet of Korean money. Oh yeah, we didn't have the signal wristwatch in the uh, last that that's probably part of the problem. That should, we were training. should have been a hint that we weren't getting anywhere. <laughs> yep. When the school term ends and your summer vacation begins, you pack up your bags and take a bus to the airport. Soon you were on a long, direct flight to Seoul. Your mom wouldn't drive you because she was still pissed. Yeah, we've probably been having that argument for the last several weeks. Mm-hmm. You settle back in your seat and watch the scenery below as the plane soars up into the sky. With your dad out of the picture. There's a certain unspoken <laughs> men treat her poorly yeah. <laughs> sort of vibe going on there. <laughs> An oriental girl about your age is sitting next to you. It's Ling. Ling. (laughs) Mission mission accomplished. She leans over to look out the window. What, do we all look the same to you? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Oh, excuse me, she says. I didn't mean to disturb you. You didn't, you say, introducing yourself. My name is Joan Pyun. I'm going home to Korea after spending a year studying in your country, she tells you. You speak English very well, you say. Thank you, Joan says. My father's company manufactures electronic products. He sells them mostly in the United States. That is why he sent me here to learn your language. Your family sounds rich, you say. (laughs) Presumptive. We have been lucky, she says. My father has told me many stories about what he went through as a young child during the war with the North Koreans. His family was penniless, their home and possessions burned. The Americans kept them from starving. (laughs) (laughs) That is why he gave me an American name, to honor them. To this day, the North and South are still divided. We have relatives trapped in the North that I have never seen or heard from. It's because they work in labor camps. The North Koreans sound pretty bad, you say. You have no idea, she says. You're going to have to fight all of them. (laughs) (laughs) They are not really bad. They are victims of history, Joan says. They are still Koreans, and we love them. I dream always that one day our country will be reunited. Thirty years later. (laughs) Not really feasible yet. Fifteen hours later. That's not too long. That's less than thirty years. The countries are reunited. The end. (laughs) (laughs) The plane lands at Kimpo International Airport, a number of miles from the city of Seoul. You get off the plane and walk into the morning sunshine with Joan. The airport is a large one many modern glass-walled administration buildings. The airport itself is surrounded by rolling farmland. Oh, I don't think it is anymore. 
My father should be here to meet me, Joan says. We'll be glad to give you a ride to the city. The customs people all seem to know your new friend, and at her side you breeze through all the formalities. Sweet. A long wow. limousine is waiting at the curb outside the customs building. A uniformed chauffeur gets out and snaps his hand to the brim of his cap in an almost military salute when Joan arrives. She talks with him in Korean. You can't tell what they are saying, but you can tell that she is upset. Oh. My father has been called away on business, she says, say, turning to you. Daddy's not coming. Hmm. I'm sorry. I wish you could have met him. The chauffeur puts your bags into the trunk, along with Jones, and then opens the rear door. The two of you climb into the back seat. The limousine speeds away from the airport, turning onto a broad highway leading to the capital. Well, this is going to turn into Parasite. Where are you staying, Joan asks. <laughs> I don't know, you say. Do you know a good hotel, something not too expensive? The CIA did nothing to set me up for this. Yeah. We just told her we're CIA. No. No. Oh. no. Obviously, oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> Got it. No. Sorry. But obviously, we're asking, do you know a good hotel, something not too expensive? And she's going to offer... I'd recommend the Seoul Hilton. Uh, yeah, because yeah. the Seoul Hilton's not, not expensive. I, th- I thought she was going to hook us up with a room at her, no. you know... You ain't staying with me, motherfucker. Damn it. I'd recommend the Seoul Hilton, she says. It's near all the major sites. I have friends there, and I can get you a special rate. Well, that's something. As the level gets close to the city, it slows down and begins to inch along in traffic. You see, Joan says laughing, we are up to date in everything, even traffic jams. She reaches over and presses a button on the inside of the door next to you. The window rolls down. You stick your head out and see a skyline of tall skyscrapers gleaming in the sun inside a ring of green mountains up ahead. Soon the traffic speeds up a bit, and you go across a bridge spanning a wide river into the main part of the city. The city looks modern, as modern as any in America. But there are also some very ancient-looking buildings. Structures from some distant past that specialize in large, curved, tile-covered roofs. Joan points out the Namda Moon, or Great South Gate, a remnant of the high wall that once surrounded the entire city. Then she speaks to the driver on the intercom. You can make out the word Hilton in the conversation. The limo turns to the right and goes towards one of the mountains up ahead, a mountaintop by a modern television tower. Then you pull up to the entrance of a tall skyscraper sheathed in smoked glass. This is the hotel, Joan says. I must leave you now, but I really enjoyed our conversations. My chauffeur will carry your bags into the hotel and speak to the desk clerk. Here's my father's business card. If you need to, you can get in touch with me through this office. But he's the big bad. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, yeah. I really appreciate all your help, you say. I'm glad we met, she says. You wave goodbye and follow the chauffeur into the glittering lobby of the hotel. He speaks to the clerk and hands him a small envelope. A bellboy takes your bags and leads you to the elevator. You go all the way up to one of the top floors. At the end of a wide, carpeted hallway, the bellboy opens the door to a large suite of rooms. You can hardly believe your eyes. It's better than the CAA would have done. No shit. Mm-hmm. The suite in front That's of you... They didn't do anything. Right? The suite in front of you looks like the ultimate in luxury. The broad expanse of the living room seems to go on forever until it reaches the floor-to-ceiling windows at the far end. Large, overstuffed chairs and sofas covered in soft white leather fill the room. The bedroom has a king-sized bed. It makes you feel like lying down and taking a nap. In fact, you are weary after your long flight. Jet-lined AF. (laughs) On the other hand, you're just arrived in an exciting new city on the other side of the world, a city you can't wait to explore. If you decide to take a nap first, turn to page 42. 
You decide to go out and explore the city. Turn to page 53. 42 is the meaning of life, number one. Naps are the meaning of life. And number two, naps are also the meaning of life. So I think nap is the way to go here. Right. That's why I'm suggesting the other one. You think we should go against our natural instinct? Hear me out. This is fiction and I don't give a shit about taking a nap in fiction. Okay. The end. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) You have a very, very <laughs> solid point. <laughs> However, you're fighting against my natural urge to want to try and stay night shift. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, well, that worked so well. Considering how night shift has paid off for us so far. I know. All right, let's uh, say fuck the nap and go do stuff. Well, Jared's right in real world because you're not supposed to nap. You're supposed to just power your way through it and stay <sighs> up until your normal bedtime on their time zone and then go to sleep. Because so. fucking Richard field. <laughs> Alright, let's power through. You leave your bags on the bed and carefully lock the door to your room. Then you take the elevator back down to the lobby and go outside, ready to explore. The sides of the four-story buildings are thick with vertical signs, all in strange Korean lettering. You look in the shop windows. Strange Korean lettering! <laughs> they are well stocked with radios, VCRs, women's shoes, handbags and jewelry, and men's suits and custom-made shirts. You come to a shop that has a large photo filling its front window. The photo shows two figures in white Taekwondo uniforms. One of the figures is airborne, throwing a snap kick at the other. You go inside expecting to find a school. Instead, you discover the place is a large bookstore specializing in the martial arts. You browse around. Most of the books are in Korean, but you finally find one in English. A man standing next to you watches you thumb through it. Suspicious. You pay now! (laughs) That's racist. (laughs) You are American? He asks in accented English. Uh, Yes, I am, you answer. My name is Pak Sik, he says, grabbing your hand and shaking it with a strong grip. Are you studying the martial arts? Yes, that is, I haven't started my studies here yet. Perhaps I can recommend a good Kwan, Pak says. Kwan? A school for Taekwondo, he answers. I could take you over to one and introduce you. I know the instructors well. It's not far away. I just arrived by plane from the United States and... It won't take long, Pack interjects. There's an exhibition of Taekwondo techniques going on there now. You think about Pack's offer for a moment. You realize that jet lag is catching up with you. You feel a little dizzy and wobbly in the knees. Well, that's quite the jet lag. Rest is important, but you might miss an important opportunity. He just shook our hand. He probably poisoned us. I mean, all that night training, you think you'd be less immune... Less- well, we didn't night train this time. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So we are getting jet laggy. Yeah. We're super day shifters at this point. Yeah. No. Yeah. If you decide to go with Pax Seek, turn to page 54. If you decide to go back to the hotel to rest, turn to page 12. The books really wants you to nap. Yeah. <laughs> really pushing that napping angle. Yeah, it is. I see we go train, despite the fact Fucking that we were just poisoned. And this power. This probably going to mug through. us in the alleyway. Yeah, yep, power we're through. powering through. We're day shift now. <laughs> Find some fucking caffeine or something. They have Thai iced tea down. Oh, wait. This is... Korea. I'm sure they have some sort of caffeine. Korea tea? Possibly. Cortia? Yeah. Cortia. Mm. You follow Pack <laughs> you follow Pack out of the bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> you follow Pack out of the bookstore and down the crowded street to the corner. He turns left onto a side street that is almost deserted. Dun dun dun. Don't get worried, he says. This is just a shortcut. We'll be back on the main street in a block or two. In fact, you can see a busy intersection not far up ahead. 
Suddenly, two black-garbed figures appear in front of the two of you. Oh, surprise, surprise. And another two from behind. They have you surrounded. Those four. Mm. Wow. Pat pushes you back against a wall at the side of the street. Stay here, he says. This won't take long. Oh. Four on one is not fine. I thought it was five on one for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to show off to win our trust. Two of the dark figures rush at him. Pack is a blur in the air for a moment, and the figures fall to the ground, groaning and holding on to their heads. The other two are more cautious. They approach him warily, one of them trying to get behind him. Pack seems to strike forward and backward at the same time. One of the attackers bounces off the wall on the other side of the street and sinks to the ground. The other, holding his leg, limps toward the intersection up ahead. Wow, that was great, you exclaim. There will be others coming, more skilled, I'm afraid. The one limping was trying to lead us into an ambush. Was it great, though? Does this Wait. happen a lot in Korea? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Did we actually ask that, or was that you? That, that was, was me. Okay. <laughs> but the main street was just up ahead. It would seem so, he says, but a block can be a long way to go with gunmen shooting from the windows. Gunmen? Why didn't they open with that? Yeah. Like, gunmen Trump martial artists? Yeah, I feel like gunmen would have been the right way to go first. Right? Pack doesn't answer, but pulls you through a door at the side of the street. This way, he says. You follow him through a dark hallway and then go down a stairway to a long tunnel. Finally, you come to a room with stone walls and a vaulted ceiling. A single light bulb illuminates it from high above. This seems like an awfully lot like the last one where you got sucked into an evil gang. Mm -hmm. This was a bomb shelter during the war, Pack says. We can wait here for a while. You and your friends at the Taekwondo school seem to have a few enemies, you say to Pack. That's true, he says. I guess I have not told you everything. Of course, I didn't expect this attack. You see, we are fighting for a cause, and there are those who would stop us at any cost. I suspect that you are here for more than martial arts training. To tell the truth, I'm here looking for a Chinese woman named Ling. I have her picture, but I left it at the hotel. Ling, yes, I've heard of her. There's only one Ling in all of Taiwan. Oh, yeah. Uh, We're China. Where where the hell are we? Seoul. We're in Seoul. Japan. We're in Japan. (laughs) We're in Asia. Asia! There's only one Ling in all of Asia. She's a professional assassin for the Red Dragon Society. What Chinese call triad. Gangsters, killers. They're very bad. She works for the triad, huh? Yay. That can't be true, you say. I knew her in China, and you wonder if you should tell Pak about her being an agent for the CIA. Probably not. You stop yourself just in time. And what, Pak asks. And I just don't think she would do anything like that. Many could people turn bad, Pak says. Maybe this happened to her. If you want my advice, go back home as soon as you can. If you go around asking questions about this woman, Ling, or about the Red Dragon Society, you won't last long in this part of the world. Pack may have a point. So far, your trip has become a little more dangerous than you expected. On the other hand, you did accept this mission and would like to keep your word. Maybe you shouldn't return home without spending at least a little more time trying to find Ling. If you take Pack's advice and return home, turn to page 9. If you decide to stay and keep looking for Ling, turn to page 67. (laughs) Gave us the option to go home. It totes did. It's like it gave you the option to nap. Oh, my God. It's probably going to give us the option to go home again if we choose not to. (laughs) Right? Of course. Why not? Oh, Richard Brightfield. You beautiful, beautiful son of a bitch. (laughs) 
Is that what you're going to say? It's exactly what's going to say. Okay, yes. that's what I thought. I'm intensely curious to find out what happens if we just go home. I. Because <laughs> it's so stupid. I mean, I don't want to, and yet at the same time, yes, I'm curious to find out what happens. Um, so, home? Let's go home. Let's see if we can go home. Okay. You decide to take Pac's advice. You've been thinking along the same lines yourself since the attack outside in the street. Also, you don't want to be caught in the middle between the CIA and Ling, or whatever she's involved with now. Go back to the main street and take a cab, Pax says. No one will try to stop you. It's me they're after. I'll wait here a while longer. You think Pack can go through the tunnel and up the stairway to the outside. You dash down the dark street. By the time you reach the busy intersection, you are out of breath. Back at the hotel, you tell the desk clerk that you are checking out. Checking her out? The clerk looks both surprised and nervous. Checking out, he says. You're not enjoying yourself here? Checking him out. (laughs) It's not that, you say. It's just, before you can finish your sentence, the clerk runs over to the far corner behind the counter and starts making a... (laughs) No, he starts making a telephone call. Oh, okay. You take the elevator up to your suite. Totally not eavesdropping on that phone call. Totally not even caring that he's making a weird fucking random phone call right after you announce you're checking out. About an hour later, there's a loud knock at your door. CIA. Agents Borkin and McKenna are there. They push their way into your room. What is this about leaving before you've completed your mission, Borkin demands. I've heard that Ling is now an assassin for a terrorist group called the Red Dragon Society, you say. And if... Nonsense, McKenna interrupts. It may be true that she's infiltrated some organization, but only as an undercover agent for us. We still need to know where she is. Well, you two can take care of that. You're here. Yeah, you're already here. I guess the problem is that you don't have enough training for this mission, Morgan says to you. Well, no doy, you only had two weeks. You really should have taken our special training program in Maryland. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, we, we didn't skip it. Didn't skip yeah. it this time. Yeah. Even, we, even taking it wouldn't do us any Taking good. it did jack shit, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think it would be best if we fly you back there on a military transport. Oh, my God. We have a car waiting, McKenna says. Our tax dollars at work. Then gather up your belongings and escort you out at the front of the hotel. There you climb into the back of a military green car and are taken to an Air Force base 15 miles out of the city. Before you know it, you are on a plane flying back to the United States. You land at an Air Force base outside Washington, D.C. The jeep is waiting there for you as you step off the plane. When you get in, it immediately heads for the CAA training camp in Springview, Maryland. My name is General McPhee, the driver says. On page 43. Are we recycling back to... McPhee drives with one hand and pulls a military hat out from under the seat. It has yep. two stars on it. La la la. All right. Fuck. We might as well just count that as at the end. Fuck that noise. Yep, that's oh my really God. interesting. That's a very large oh loop God. back to the That beginning. was a huge loop. But don't pick night shift because then you're fucked. Yeah, yeah. right? Uh, apparently, go to the training, go to day shift... I don't know. I guess we didn't have to go home. Yeah, we didn't have to go home. Well, that's fascinating. That is, we've never had that happen before, have we? There have been a couple. Like there have been books. a couple. Yeah, there are a couple like, books that no. tra- that go way back to the beginning again, but it doesn't yeah. happen. But not twice, often. where it's like dead end, dead end. Oh, I guess we have to go this way. Oh, if we go this way, then it takes us back to the beginning again. Possibly not. I don't really. That's remember crazy. That crazy. I don't know. That one was kind of boring because of that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, feel, I actually, I, I just, I can't recommend this one. He doesn't understand how fucking night shift. Works. I know. <laughs> yeah. I can't kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 
because you trained at night, now all of a sudden you have to pretend you're fucking blind during the day. Sure. Yeah. Like, well, not just that. Apparently the day blinds you just in general. Yes, that too. So oh. so we're not really pretending. We actually are fucking blind in his in his weird day shift world that mm-hmm. he exists in. Mm-hmm. Oh my fucking God. I have to not only say not recommend this book, I feel like it should probably be burned. And I'm generally against burning books, but... I don't know if it needs to be burned, but it suffers from a serious lack of Billy. As yeah. A winter soldier. Yeah, oh. Billy should have been in more. Yeah. You should have taken Billy with you. Billy the Winter Soldier could have saved the day. Well, right. maybe Billy will come back in a future Master of Computers or something. Oh, oh my God. Master of Computers. We can only hope. <laughs> yeah, I think Richard Brightfield, I think he has one other book that isn't a Master of, and then all the rest of his books are Master of from here on out. Oh, interesting. Something tells me he's never going to be the Master of the Night. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even understand how it works no nope. so okay well i guess that's three passes on that one yep. yeah well if you want to learn more about choose your own adventure go to cyoa.com and if you want to hear more from us go to incrediblydaring.com and i'm connie i'm jeremy i'm jason the end the end